Hello and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast of O2 Inside Line. Konnichiwa from Japan. We are Yuga Monye are bringing you the podcast this week. Here on the pod, we're all about discovering more about our favourite players and what they're like on and off the field. So this week, I've enlisted the help of O2 Inside Line's man in camp, Paul Bunker, who sat down with another of England's towering forwards. It was a big eye-opener, really, to test rugby, to everything, but I think the overriding thing, I guess, was having my family there. My brother flew back from, from Hong Kong for it was nine hours. This week, we get to know England lock George Cruz. I think I was quite into Thomas Tank Engine then. When you were eight, <laughs> it's not for like maybe three or four year olds. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit younger than that. As well as getting to know George Manu Tuolangi and her some of Lewis Ludlam's guilty pleasures. And Ben Youngs and Rory McConaughey spin through some of their favourite music tracks. That was the first single I ever brought. And um, whoever sold it to me, I was not over the age for, to buy that. So here we go. Let's kick things off with the first part of Paul's chat with George Cruz. Let's start right at the beginning. Can you give us a bit of background about your family? Were they sporty? Got brothers and sisters? Were they into sport? Father's Dutch. Moved to Canada when he was younger. Big family. Mother's kind of English, Austrian-ish. I got two brothers, Henry and Will. Henry was the the brother who kind of hid in the the bushes when they were having PE lessons and things like that. And my other brother, yeah, loved sport. Played for Dorking Rugby Club when he was younger. Uh, I saw that and that was the inspiration to, to get into rugby. What were you like as a, as a youngster? To give us an idea of what we, let's just say if we went to 1998, you would have been eight years old. If we, if we saw a, a bit of George Cruz then, what would, what would you have been doing? What would you have been wearing? Tearing around? Would you have been playing games on your computer? What were you into? Uh, I, think, I think I was quite into Thomas Tank Engine then. When you were eight? Maybe a little maybe a little bit younger than that. <laughs> Take two. Um <laughs> But were you active? Or were you kind of a kid that was in his room playing those computer games? Yeah, we didn't actually have a PlayStation for a for a long while, so we used to go around other people's and, and play it. But yeah, we were quite active, I think obviously three brothers, so um we grew up in the in, in the country, so we were we were out and about a fair bit. I think we were encouraged to get outside rather than stay in. And at school, were you an academic kid? A bit of both, really. I think um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, well, the subjects I enjoyed, I enjoyed and I did, I did all right. I enjoyed, like, the sciences and not really languages person, I think, as you can probably tell by this interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have aspirations as a youngster? Do you remember what you wanted to be when you were a kid? A lot of the guys that we've spoken to before have always said, oh, I always wanted to be a rugby player, but did you have any mm. dreams and desires to do something else? Like, I wasn't in the, the academy setups. Uh, I wasn't in the EDPGs. You know, a lot of them were, especially when I joined, Sarri's academy they'd all been mm. there since they were kind of 14 or 15 so um, yeah I hadn't really done that and and I, I guess that reflects kind of I wasn't I wasn't like dead set to be a rugby player um, I'd kind of try to keep my options open I only got a trial really when I was when I was 18 after school so mm. uh, it wasn't really in my mind really so what were um, we going then I think I, it was still going to be in sports so I'd done like my, my sciences and, my, and that sort of stuff so I'd, I'd done done it to try and maybe go down like a physio route or mm. Or something sports related. Uh, I think I was going to go to Loughborough, but yeah, I, I was I was set on having you know keeping sport as as the direction I was heading in. But you know, I didn't didn't know it turn out to be this. I guess. And rugby wise, back to Dorking. So, Dorking Rugby Club speaks so glowingly about you. Honestly, it's like everyone at that club. It's like you're their son. Every, everyone loves you like they're. Probably really am. <laughs> but I um, joking, Dad. You, you, you must have some very fond memories of being there because it, it seemed that everyone had an anecdote, but. You must have some great memories of playing there. 
Yeah, I, I do. Really good childhood memories. The, the group we're with, you know, especially in, in the kind of the youth rugby, sometimes you can splinter and, and split off and stuff. And I think we were kind of mainly about from kind of 12 all the way through to, to 18, really. Um, we ended up winning the, the National Cup, which was, lucky, you know, the biggest achievement you can win in a club side at that level. You know, made some really good friends for life, so it has been um, it's been class. They've come and watched me around the world. Do you remember the first time you turned up at your rugby club? Do you remember your first thoughts? Rugby can be one of those, if your family not in particular are into it, that you turn up there mm. looking around. And, you know, it's quite a technical game, rugby, whichever position you're playing, even as a kid. But do you remember your first thoughts of picking a rugby ball and watching these guys run around with this sort of weird-shaped ball in their hand? Dawkins has a good minis festival, um, and I, I'm, I, was, I think that's probably one of my first memories. Kind of seeing the, the the mass of people come to 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 go to one of those festivals was was pretty eye opening. And then so at county rugby, then you played. Uh, Jason Roy was in your team, right? Yeah, well, I played with Dawkins with him for for a good long while. Um, so I've, as I was speaking to him yesterday, I've known him for a good what fifteen years or so, yeah. which makes me feel very old. Um, but but no, he's he's done on you know gone on to do really good things. Yeah, he's he's a good player. What was he like as a rugby player? He was feisty, yeah. He was, was he? Yeah, what he was, position did he play? He played a uh, fullback or 10, but um, yeah, I think we he ended up playing more fullback. Yeah. Did he have the makings to to go all the way? Maybe uh, yeah. elite rugby in him if he wanted it? I, I think he did, definitely. I think a lot of it's to do with mindset at that, at that, at that age. Like, he had all the talent, so... and. You can see um, to, to make it as high as he's got in cricket, then he's, he's clearly got the the kind of professional mindset. Yeah, he definitely could have made it. And then we're going to sort of skip through into Saracens because the bit I want to ask you about is: do you do you remember then when? So you were in the elite, you know, playing for Saris week in week out. Do you remember when you got that phone call from England? from the seniors because I know you played for the Saxons didn't you initially mm. but do you remember that from the Saxons at some stage there has to be a moment where you get a phone call from someone I imagine it might have been Stuart Lancaster that you get a call from someone on his team there's always like talk between coaches and sorry um, premiership coaches and, and obviously the, the England coaches and I remember there being some some chat around kind of the I think it was a New Zealand tour uh, and then there was one after that as well I think the, maybe the Argentina tour but each time I come to the end of the season, I, I, I did my left MCL, and then the next year I did my, my right MCL. So um, I, knew, I knew there was a bit of talk going into it. And then I guess the, the year after that, then at some point I would have got a, yeah, got a phone call and, and got the knob. Is that autumn 2014? Is that right? Just before? It was, yeah. yeah Played yeah. against the All Blacks, right? That, yeah. What was that like? It's like you've done your research. Well, you so know. Pretending you're like, you're like oh, <laughs> oh, by memory. Oh, well, oh, autumn, been, was it? Yeah, 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 I remember. I was there, mate. I remember. So, All Blacks at Twickenham. That was actually your debut, wasn't it? Yeah. To run out at Twickenham for your debut against the All Blacks. You don't seem to remember much, George, but can you remember that? <laughs> I can remember that, yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Unforgettable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was good. It, like, it was. It was a big eye opener, really, to test rugby to to everything. But I think the the over overriding thing, I guess, was um, having my, my family there. My brother flew back from from Hong Kong for it was nine hours to watch the game, and then flew back out. Um, yeah, and my, my f- whole family made a a good effort to come down and watch. And I think that was kind of you sing the national anthem and you are facing basically your family, and you can you can see them in the crowd, especially when your mum's waving at you. Yeah, it's something that's probably pretty emotional and, and, a, mm. and a, a massive milestone in, in anyone's career. Can you actually enjoy it and absorb it? Because I wonder with 
clearly the, all the build up to it, the training that goes into it, your mindset, getting everything right. I'm, I'm assuming you're very anxious and nervous as well, mm. sort of going into it as well. Do you, are you looking around actually thinking, having the ability to absorb and enjoy it, or is it just a little bit autopilot and, and professionalism and game head on? I think I, I would have enjoyed it if I. Uh, I think I, I missed a tackle which led to a try and then they won. So uh. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, of course I enjoyed it. It was um, like I say, it's something you work for 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 a long time, and mm. um, and to to get maybe a couple of injuries where maybe I, I could have gone on a on one of those summer tours. Then um, it was nice to 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 get the cap, I guess. Hi there, my name's Jack Singleton, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. More from George Cruz soon, but for now, Ben Youngs and Rory McConaughey are here to give us an idea of the music that gets them going. I'm Ben Youngs, I'm here with Rory, and we're going to talk about our three-track challenge. So, Rory, if you want to start, mate. I'll go. Um, first track, I'd say All My Life by the Foo Fighters. It was the first album I ever bought, I think, without my mum choosing which songs I was allowed to listen to. <laughs> that would be my first one. Second one, I'd go Rocket Man by Elton John. Um, massive meaning to me is my uni career when I was there, and all the uni boys will love that as well. And then third one, Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show, just because I absolutely love it. Yeah, well, you've just said one of my three at the end there, so thank you for that. Wagon Wheel is, I think also it's like a lot of rugby teams yeah. tend to sing it. Nelly Ride With Me, that was the first <laughs> single I ever brought, <laughs> ever brought. And um, whoever sold it to me, I was not over the age for, to buy that. So, uh, yeah, and I got that. And then uh, another one I'd say is Newton Faulkner, Dream Catch Me. It's just an absolute nice. banger. Love it. And I love it. Awesome. That's our three. Some interesting choices there, but thank you very much, guys. Back now to England camp and Paul's chat with George Cruz. We want to talk a bit about your development as a leader and the line-out as well. Are you? Would you class yourself as a line-out nose? Probably you'd have to, wouldn't you? I think anyone who is part of running the line-out, then you know, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of analysis and, and uh, background work that has to go on. How much time would you spend in a week, you know, analysing other people's line-outs, remembering your calls, working on the creativity and technical... Are you doing, like, an hour a week, five hours a week? How much time... Um, this is maybe for club and, and clearly here with country as well, but are you... Mm. Because we don't know, we've got no idea how, how much time at this elite level we'd be spending on that sort of analysis. It's difficult, really. It's, it's until you quite feel comfortable with the plan you've got. Um, you know, different teams can pose different threats and... Um... You'd spend more than a couple of hours, that's for sure. Mm. And then it just depends on, on where you're at and constant checking in. Because we're laymen and we know nothing about the line at all, who comes up with the actual creative around the moves and what you're going to do? Is that you? Is that the coaches? Because at some stage, somebody somewhere has to say, right, mm. I want you to step forward one, back two. And then, but who's doing Hold up, do you know our calls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's a, it's a joint between the, the, the players and the and the coaches. Mm. Um, I think we're we're pretty blessed to have... Firstly, a good array of, of second rows, um, and also a very experienced um, forwards coach. So for us, it's 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 using as as much people's experience as possible, and um, yeah, and coming up with a, a plan that's that suits. So someone like Steve would lead on that, would he? For, with for England, for example, he would have, for example, analysed a team, Team X. This is what they do in the lot. This is how we need to defend against them, and then attack them. So it would be something like that, would it? Yeah, everyone goes away and, and has a look, and then yeah. uh, you come back and basically put your ideas out. 
want to talk about life away from rugby a bit. So George Cruz, when he's kind of relaxing, chilling, away from the game, tell us mm-hmm. about what you like to do with yourself. I have a dog, okay, uh, which takes up a lot of my spare time. What sort um, of dog? It's a Vizsla. Okay. Um, love it. I haven't looked back. It's something that kind of gives you a bit of bit of time to give an excuse to go out the house and uh, and, and get a bit of bit of time walking. Other things, I enjoy fishing. What sort of fishing are you into? Do you, is it like kind of sea fishing? Do you like sort of freshwater fly fishing? I like fly fishing. Do you? Yeah, quite relaxing. Um, it's quite therapeutic, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, it is, I, I've, yeah. I've never even tried it, but I'd imagine the actual kind of action, the, the yeah, nice yeah. control, and it's very technical as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's 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 not strength. I've found that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's therapeutic. It's something that's it's definitely something I'll, I'll be doing doing as, as much as I can of when I when I hang up the boots as well. Yeah, where do where do you go fishing? Then? Is there like local streams, reservoirs, or something? Yeah, like local lakes, some yeah. some some good rev- rivers in England. I tend to go with my uncle, who's um, yeah, who enjoys it as well. Are you sort of into TV box sets? Are you into any form of music or anything like that? I am, yeah, and enjoy all that sort of stuff. But I've picked up a, a business outside of rugby now, so um, so I've, a lot of kind of energy goes into focusing yeah. on that. Really. Do you enjoy? the business as well the kind of all getting your head around the a bit of marketing sales kind of revenue trying to yeah. make profit and all the because yeah. a lot of people just think you start a business and you sort of just give it a go but yeah. very quickly you've got to learn about actually trying to turn a bit of a profit have you enjoyed yeah, yeah. that that part of it i have like i think you um you hear players go oh it's, um you know having something outside of rugby is brilliant and kind of a, a few years ago i'd be like oh it's a bit, bit cliche you know mm. you, you don't really believe in that too much but yeah, I've fully enjoyed it. It's given me um, definitely a good perspective on things. It's just I mean, it's, we're in quite a good industry as well. It's quite an exciting industry that that mm. we're in, and um, I've found it fascinating. I think it's uh, been one of the more rewarding things I've, I've done in my life so mm. far. Kind of you're meeting, you know, random people. You you know you're sitting in different scenarios that you'd ever be put in mm. compared to um, where we are in rugby. But having said that, there's plenty you can take from. From rugby, yeah, so, there's um, a lot of crossover, isn't there? there yeah, loads, loads, of, loads of crossover. So, from a business point of view, is this something you're working on now? That with a view to because you're 28 now, so you know, let's just say 29. 29, okay. Um, <laughs> you, so let's just say you've got another four or five years. But is business where you want to be afterwards? Would you see something like that continuing this if it goes well, or would you ever see yourself getting into coaching? I think there would be something I'd, I'd like to put back into the game, but I don't see myself as becoming a, a coach. I think it's it's a it's a tough gig. This business stuff, I think it's, like I said, it's something that's I've found really rewarding. And 100%, it would be great to, to set myself up with that. As a businessman, who would you align yourself with? Are you the sort of sharp-suited <laughs> guy who's up in town, knocking around yeah. in the shard, wearing a really sharp suit, looking the part, you know, kind of making calls, buy, sell, buy, sell, or are you a kind of more relaxed guy at home in a, pair of, in a hoodie and a pair of shorts, kind of working out of your home office, just making the big zeros? <laughs> <laughs> the latter, right, I imagine? Um I don't know. You'd, you'd have to. Um, we've got a few employees now, so you'd have to ask them. But um, wow, but, uh, that's really good. I mean, it's not only a couple of years in, right? Yeah, year and year and a half. We're responsible for other people. That's scary, <laughs> mate. For crazy, you, isn't yeah. it? That's scary. Yeah. Hi, this is Mario Tojo, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. We'll be picking up with George again shortly, but first, let's hear from Manu Tulangi, who's been doing a bit of digging for us. Hi there, uh, Manu Tulangi here, sat here with Joe Dog the singer and Louis Ludlam, the star, the man of the moment, and we're going to be talking about guilty pleasures. Up first, Louis, 
What is your three guilty pleasures? Food. Food first. Oh, I love pickled food. Like gherkins, yeah. pickled onions. Gherkins, gherkins, I like that. Oh, yeah, I love pickled stuff. Uh, next one is uh, song. I listened to the La La Land soundtrack for about two years. Oh, yeah? Is that like? I can't. Pickled. Which one is it? The, the soundtrack? <laughs> Did you like the film? I saw it three times at cinema. I guess that's my film guilt pleasure as well. Yeah. I love musicals. Musicals, like, yeah. Les Mis I did the same with. I went to see Les Mis, I've seen Lion King, Chee Chee Bang Bang. I was actually in the school musical twice. Hey, yeah. bit of acting, bit of after acting. rugby. Yeah, um, do you want to hear my, my only line? Yes, please. Jesus, I forgot my lines. Is that it? No, it, no, no, it <laughs> wasn't. That, that, that was, that was a good line. <laughs> it was, um, oh, his life is not his own. Big part. That's a big line, bro. About life and death. I nailed it four nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> right, your last one. Oh, I love yeah. Hawaii Five O. The what? Hawaii Five O. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. That's a guilty pleasure. What's like, the it's trash. If you haven't already, do go back and listen to last week's exclusive episode with Lewis. It's a great listen and you'll learn loads about the England newcomer. But that's after you've heard the rest of Paul's chat with George Cruz. I want to talk just quickly as well about um, the mental pressures of rugby as well. How do you, again, a lot lot of fans don't really realise... They see the physicality on the pitch. We all all know about that and how tough and gruelling it is. But mentally, how do you deal with the the sort of mental challenges of rugby and how do you decompress with that? that that's the big one, isn't it? Because yeah. you go to work, you do your job like anyone and it's kind of, as a professional, I imagine you can turn it on, not easily, but you can do it. How do you get home and actually release and get away from it all? Because that's pretty tricky, isn't it? Because it's, it's on your mind all the time. It's, it's a tough one. Um, you can yeah, you can you can probably get carried away with rugby sometimes, um, especially when maybe you pick up like an injury, then an injury, then an injury, um, and they kind of back themselves up, and you you start to lose a little bit of form and um, and, and confidence. It's that's that's the the toughest bit about it, I think. Mm. Um, kind of in 2016, 17, maybe I picked up a few injuries, and yeah, I, I definitely felt the the effects off the back of that. You know, you can you just start to question yourself a little bit, I guess, and. Um, I think to to offset that, I'd, I'd 100% I think the stuff like the business and, and that has mm. completely given you a, a different kind of, not view, but a different focus. You know, when, you, when you're injured, it doesn't mean you then have to constantly be focusing on waste energy, I guess, thinking about, well, oh, could I be on the field sooner? Could I do this? So essentially, you just want to do all your rehab as best you can and then focus on other bits, which is... Uh, pretty productive just a couple of questions on the future then so I want to ask you about how much you're enjoying your rugby at the moment clearly you're in form we've got some exciting times ahead but how much is George Cruz enjoying his rugby and getting stuck in I'm enjoying it a lot yeah probably most I've ever enjoyed it to be honest and that's um, that's pretty genuine yeah I, li- I like what's going on on field and off field so I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty content and and how excited are you for what's coming in the head as well yeah for sure I've got a strong squad a squad that's starting to probably believe in each other which is which is, you know, something you takes a long time to mm. to, to build. Um, and yeah, getting out to Japan is exciting. It's a it's a cool place. It's a place I've never been before. And I think everyone kind of knows, you know, what's what's at stake in the next couple of months. And um, just properly looking forward to it. And I would say second row is probably 
a position where Eddie's probably got the, the most, the heaviest wealth of talent. You know, yourself, Joe Launchbury, Courtney, Marrow. I mean, he's got four, mm. arguably, world-class, top-of-their-game second rows available. How does that affect... Are you guys, because you all effectively all want to start, I'd imagine, but that must be healthy for the squad and push you on individually? Is, is that the right way to look at it? Or are you kind of looking around at each other just... You know, I don't know how you'd feel about that. You know, <laughs> I, I honestly believe it is. Um, I think yeah, we've all been dropped for one another before. Um, you know, we've all played with different combinations of each other. So um, yeah, there's a good understanding of um, of kind of you know when when it's time to when it's time for selection, then you kind of you know you, you accept it and then you you help the team because it's it's a team first mentality we're trying to promote. Mm-hmm. And I think. You're right. We've got some class second rows, especially people. You know, Charlie Yules isn't over here, but could have easily been over here. You know, he's he's been unbelievable for us as well. So, um, yeah, we're very fortunate to have that depth. Um, but I think there's a, a decent understanding of of kind of what's what's at hand here. George, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's all we have for you this week. The inside line on another of England's key players. Cheers, George, and a big thank you to all the England players who featured on the podcast. We'll have another offering from Japan for you next week, so hit the subscribe button wherever you get your pods from and make sure you don't miss out on a single episode. And if you're after even more behind-the-scenes rugby content, be sure to check out the ongoing Rising Suns documentary series on England Rugby's YouTube channel. Please join us back here on the England Rugby podcast next week. Until then, sayonara for now. Sayonara for now.